know God's will for your life, get saved. That's where it begins. Get saved. And we saw last Sunday, God's will is that you would be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's you. God loved the world. You. Whosoever will. That's you. God wants to save you. He, his will is that you would repent and believe the gospel. That's God's will for you. But now you have a choice. Jesus preached, repent and believe the gospel. And so the question is, will you repent and believe? Are you going to repent? Will you turn away from a life of, of sin and selfishness and a life that conforms to the world? Will you, will you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance and believe on Him? Or will you not? It's up to you. He that believes is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he's not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, God's will is that you'd be saved. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, boy, today's the day and now's the time. So, uh, turn from your sin. Turn to Jesus Christ in faith. Ask Him to come into your heart, forgive you, and to save you, and to change you. So, that's number one. Get saved. Now, once you've been saved, here's number two. Get focused. Once you've been saved, get focused. Here in the Lord's Prayer, half of the Lord's Prayer, as we have seen, half the Lord's Prayer is about God's kingdom, God's name, and God's will. The first half of the Lord's Prayer, we hadn't even gotten to the forgiveness of sin, daily bread, temptation, but before all that, it's half the prayer. The first half of the prayer is about God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. Later on in this same chapter, in Matthew chapter 6, move down to verse 31, Matthew 6, 31. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things. What things? Food, clothing, shelter, those kinds of things will be added to you. So what Jesus is teaching us is that His kingdom is actually more important than those trivial matters of life, like eating. Now, I don't know about you, but eating is way up there on my to-do list. I mean, if I don't do anything else today, I'm probably going to find something to eat. I mean, it's, it's high up there on, on the things to do today, find something to eat. Clothing is a high priority in my life. Shelter is a high priority in my life. But Jesus said, you know what ought to be more important to you than eating? You know what ought to be more important to you than clothing and shelter? The kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. And when that's more important to you, when you seek first His kingdom, when you live and breathe the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, God says, I'll take care of that other stuff. Yeah, you know, food, clothing, shelter. I'll take care of those things. You seek first His kingdom and His shelter. If you want to know God's will for your life, here's what this looks like. If you want to know God's will for your life, you seek first His kingdom, His righteousness. You get concerned about His name, His kingdom, and His glory, His will, and you'll find yourself in partnership with God. Now, if your life is going to be all about you and what you want, and how do you get what you want, and when you want it, and you being comfortable, and you being in, if that's going to be the primary direction and concern of your life, good luck with that, because God's not going to help you with that. But if you want to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, God's going to say, is that what you're about? That's what I'm about. Let's get together. And you'll find yourself in partnership with God. Get focused. So if you want to know God's will, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Get focused. His name, His will, His kingdom above all. 
Next, number three on your outline, get surrendered. If you want to know God's will, His individual will in your life, get surrendered. Let's go to a familiar passage, Romans 12. You may have learned it, may have memorized it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Strong passage. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is. That's what we want to know. So what we're talking about, what's God's will? That which is good and acceptable and perfect. So that you might know that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice to God. When we present our bodies a living sacrifice to God, what that means is that we're, we're offering God our very lives, our bodies, our wills, our plans, our goals, our ambitions, our possessions. God, everything I am, yours. Everything I hope to be, everything I have, everything I hope to have, yours. All I am, all I have, Lord, it's yours. I'm yours. Lock, stock, and barrel, I belong to you. I belong to you. You present it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. This comes back to that lordship we've talked about so much, uh, his kingship. Remember, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. Thy, thy kingdom come. Jesus is king. He is king. He, we are his subjects. He reigns. He rules over our lives. He's king. He is our Lord, which means owner, master, ruler. He is our Lord. We are his subjects. Um, somebody comes up to you and they say, Hey, will you do me a favor? What do you say? Hmm. Maybe. What is it? If I can... I'll try. That's what you say, isn't it? If you're smart, that's what you'll say. You better not say, why, sure, anything, you just name it. You know, you, you know better than that. If you've been around a little bit, you know they might ask you to do something you don't want to do or you can't you do, you can't afford to do. It might be illegal. It could be immoral. So no, you don't just give a blank check. Hey, will you do something for me? Well, if I can, what is it? You tell me what it is first and we'll go from there. But when it comes to the Lord God, the answer is yes. I don't even have to know what it is. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Lord, the answer is yes. Whatever you want me to do, the answer is yes. Wherever you want me to go, yes. Whatever you want me to give, yes. The answer is always yes. You don't have to, I don't have to know what it is. The answer is just yes. Someone has said the best way to know God's will is to say, I will to God. I like that. The best way to know God's will is just to say, I will to God. The answer is yes, Lord. Yes, that's presenting your body, a living sacrifice. Get surrendered. Number four, get busy. Get busy. If you want to know God's will for your life, get busy. Do what you already know you're supposed to be doing. We touched on this last Sunday. We said that disobedience is a roadblock to thy will be done in your life. When you are flat out rebelling against what you already know what God wants you to do, why should God reveal more to you to rebel against? When God has revealed, for example, His will of command, His moral will, here we have the commands of Scripture, Thou shalt, thou shalt not. James 4.17 says this, To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Here's what that means. Well, you know, I know I shouldn't be doing fill in the blank, you know, X, Y, Z. I, I know it's wrong. I know I shouldn't be doing that. I know the Bible, the good book says, don't do that. But 
No buts. That's sin. You know you're not supposed to be doing it. You're doing it anyway. Sin. Well, I know I ought to. I know I should. But I... No, no, no. No buts. When you know you ought to be doing it and you're not doing it, well, that's sin now. That's sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you already defiantly disobeying, I know, but, then God's not going to reveal anymore to you. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, sin in my heart, if I regard iniquity, there, there's, I won't keep it. I, I like this sin. You know, I know I shouldn't, but, I know I should, but, if I regard iniquity in my heart, then the Lord will not hear me. So, so much for coming to the Lord and saying, Oh, Lord, show me your will. No, He's already shown you part of His will, and you're disobeying that. Why would God show you more for you to willingly disobey? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if you want to know God's will, well, do what you already know He's supposed to be doing. Get busy. Be faithful with what you do know right now. God will show you what's, what comes next later. Number five, if you want to know God's will in your life, then get real. <laughs> get real. Or we can say get honest with God. Get, get real, get honest with God in prayer and ask God for help. Just get real with God about it. Here's, here's a prayer that I have prayed pretty well all my adult life, and I believe it's a prayer that honors God and that God has honored. Now, it's not a wrote, written out, memorized, recited prayer, that kind of a thing, but it's just a, a tone and tenor. It goes something like this. Dear God, I want to be in the middle of your will. I, what I want most of my life, I want, to be in the, I want to be where you want me. I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to do it how and when and where you want it done. I just want to be in the middle of your will. So Lord, help me. Your word says, if anybody lacks wisdom, oh, that's me. If anybody lacks wisdom, God's, God's perspective on things. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of you, and that you give liberally and generously without reproach. Oh, Lord, here am I. I need wisdom. Lord, show me, guide me, steer me, help me to know your will. And if there's a decision, a choice that I'm facing, Lord, I want to know your will in this. I don't want to do what I think is best. I want to do what you know is best. Lord, guide me and give me clarity. God, and give me a clarity about your guidance. Lord, let everybody involved in this decision, let us all know your, with a sense of clarity and ownership and excitement, this is what you want, this is what you're doing, this is where you have provided. God, let us all know your will. Just make it clear to us. On the other hand, Lord, you know me. I'm dumb as a hammer. <laughs> Lord, I'm stupid. I'm selfish. I can be greedy. And I can be misled. I can, I can be fooled. I can fool myself. And Lord, if you let me, I'll make a mess. I'll make the wrong decision every time. So Lord, protect me from myself. And if this is not of you, then God, shut the door. Don't let me do this. Shut the door. Take away that opportunity. Lord, just protect me from myself. Here's what your word says, Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So Lord, here am I. Direct my paths. I want to be in your will, doing what you want. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just show me, help me, protect me. I believe that's a prayer that honors God, an attitude that honors God, and that God will then honor as well. Just get real, get honest, and ask God for help and guidance and protection. Number six, get free. Get free. I want to know God's will for my life. 
So get free. And by that, I mean give God room to work in your life. Don't get so tied down that you're unavailable to Him. Or, or don't tie God's hands. That, I mean, to, to use an expression, I know you can't tie up God's hands, but, but just be careful that you don't complicate things in your life so much that, that it frustrates the, the will of God in your life. For example, let me give you some ways that you can do this. One would be debt. Debt can tie you up and tie you down. Debt can make you less available to God or what God would want you to be, what God would want you to do than, than what you would want. Be careful with, with debt. Now, God can do anything He wants. And if God wants to fix a problem, He can fix a problem. If He wants to do a miracle, He can do a miracle anytime, anyway. If He wants you to go from this way to that way, He, he can make it happen. But I want to tell you, debt complicates things. You can become so financially obligated. You know, I, I know God wants me to give extra to this, whatever, this ministry. But I'm so strapped now, I, I can't afford it. I'm so financially tied down, I, I can't do what I... What I, what I want to do and what I think God would have me do. I, I can't afford to move. I, I think God might want me to move, but I, I can't afford I can't afford to sell my house, or I can't afford to take a loss on my house, or I can't afford to take a pay cut. I can't change jobs. Or I can't move this. I can't do it. And debt, well, it, it just complicates things that don't have to be complicated. It'll tie you down, tie you up. And again, God can do whatever, but you're just making, you just make a mess. So be careful. Debt can tie you up. Here's another way we, we can just kind of frustrate things. Wrong relationships. Wrong relationships. We're talking about giving God room to work. Talking about getting free. Wrong relationships will make you not free. Relationships matter. We're going to see that in the, in the rest of the prayer. Uh, our relationships matter to God. And whether you are seven years old or 107 years old, the people who are in your life impact you. And your closest friends have an enormous impact on your life. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Your closest friends need to be people who will encourage you, motivate you, and challenge you to walk ever more closely with the Lord. That's who you need to have closest to you in your life. If your closest friends are people who do not know the Lord or do not walk with the Lord, you're going to get a lot of static in your ears. And it's going to be hard to hear the voice of God and to know the will of God when you're getting all the wrong static uh, from, from the wrong people. Wrong relationships. And, and in that same idea of wrong relationships, the wrong dating relationships can tie you down. Sinfully sexualized relationships can deafen you to the Word of God and the will of God and the voice of God. Sexual intimacy is a gift that God has given to the husband and wife in the marriage bed. It is a gift. It's a precious thing. We call it intimacy for a reason. There is an intimacy. There's a physical, emotional intimacy, a binding that happens for a husband and wife. That's what God has ordained. But when you take that act outside of the marriage bed, it's an intimacy you don't need. And it can bind you up with somebody you don't need to be bound up to. It can tangle you up with somebody you need to be getting away from. It can just it just complicates things that don't need to be complicated. That's another way we just we can get all tangled up, complicated, and frustrate the things of God, the will of God, the hand of God in our lives. Here's another way we we get tangled up, tie up God's hands, if you will, if I can use that phrase, limiting God, limiting our availability to God, or limiting uh, setting limits on God. <clears throat> For example, when God leads, 
when God leads you in some way, maybe it's a ministry opportunity. God wants you to do X, Y, and Z. You've been asked to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, I could never do that. Well, now, hang on. If God wants you to do it, with God all things are possible. Now, you may be right. Maybe you can't do that. But with God, all things are possible. And where God guides, He provides. Where God calls, He enables. And if this is God's will, if God wants you to do whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is we're talking about, if God wants you to do it, He will equip you, He will enable you, and He will empower you to do anything He wants you to do. So, so don't tell God what you can't do. <laughs> with God, all things are possible. And, and by the way, don't ever tell God what you won't do. That, that's a mistake. I, I've learned that lesson. Don't tell God what you won't do. I told him. I'll tell you one thing. I won't ever be a preacher. <laughs> yeah, that's what God said. Oh, yeah, watch this. Don't tell God what you won't do. Um, back in seminary, I, I went to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Guess where it is? New Orleans. Um, most of the student body there most of the people who go to new orleans seminary are from the deep south so louisiana mississippi texas florida and so forth and there was really kind of a serious unfunny joke among us preacher boys these these men and folks who wanted to be ministers or missionaries and so forth but there was an ongoing unfunny joke among the preacher boys you know god i'll go anywhere you want me to go as long as it's in la that's that's lower alabama as long as it's in alabama you know or south georgia God, I'll go anywhere in Florida you want me to go. You know, it's just putting limits on God. Now, you know that that doesn't sound right, does it? No, the answer is, Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, period. Here am I, send me. Anywhere, anywhere, anytime. The answer is yes. So don't, don't limit God. Get free. Get free. Don't, don't do anything that would frustrate God's will in your life. Number seven, get smart. Get smart. Get smart. Think. Be wise. Now, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if you don't already know it, you need to know it. You need to look it up, write it on a, on a little card, and memorize it. You need to commit this to memory. This is one of those life verses that you just need to hang on to. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. That's, that's the old King James Version of that that I learned as a boy. You need to learn that, commit it to memory. You need to read it, learn it, and live it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't try to live by your own wits and wisdom. You're, you're going to make a mess of things. You don't have to understand God's will. You don't have to agree with God's will. You don't even have to like God's will. You just do it. Do not lean on your own understanding you trust god acknowledge him in all aspects of your life he'll make your path straight don't leave don't live by your own understanding that said please use the good sense god gave you think use your brain common sense be wise make wise decisions just don't don't do dumb stuff be smart let me give you some examples of what i'm talking about my mom always told me as a teenager, Jeff, don't date anybody you wouldn't want to marry. And of course, as a smart aleck teenager, I would then have to say, well, how do I know if I want to marry them if I don't date them? <laughs> but you know what? It don't take long. It doesn't take long. It, it, you don't have to date somebody six months to find out 
this ain't marriage material. This person is immature. They are selfish. They are mean. They're just plumb crazy. You know, it doesn't take a long, long time to figure that out. You can weed out a lot of stuff pretty quick. Don't date somebody you wouldn't want to marry. If you don't want to raise kids, don't date somebody who has kids. Go figure. What could go wrong? You know, if you're not good at math, don't go into engineering. If you don't want to work outside, don't go into forestry. If you don't like children, don't be a teacher. You know, just common sense. I, I talked to a couple a few years ago. They, uh, they, they had a particularly difficult teenage son. I mean, he about drove him crazy. And when he got to be at about 18, 19, got out of high school, he just told them, I am sick to death of people telling me what to do. I'm tired of y'all telling me what to do every day. I'm tired of teachers telling me what to do every day. I'm sick of people telling me what to do every day of my life. Guess what he did? He joined the Marines. Yeah, nobody's going to tell him what to do in the Marines, right? Just, all right then. Let me know how it works out for you. Just be, be smart. Be wise. Um, my goodness. It's amazing. You, you stand back and look at some of the dumb things people do, and, and you just stand back dumbfounded. What did you think was going to happen? How did you think that would ever work out? Uh, wow. Okay, let's keep going. Number eight, now get ready. Get ready. Look and listen for God to reveal His will for your life. Now, really, all we've done so far in these first seven steps, these first seven keys, we've just created an environment. All the things that we've talked about so far, getting saved, you have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. You present your body a living sacrifice to Him, getting surrendered. You're already obedient. You know what you're supposed to be doing already. Get busy. You get real. You're honest with God, asking God for direction in your life. You get free. Uh, give God room to work in your life. We talked about that. Eat and guide and direct. Now, how God is going to do that? How, how will God specifically, how do I hear the voice of God? How do I recognize the hand of God in my life? Let me give you some specific ways. Now, let's get down to, to the nitty-gritty. How can I hear God to know God's will for my life? Well, one would be Scriptures. Scriptures. Psalm 119, 133 says, Establish my footsteps in your word. And do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Establish my footsteps in your word. If you want to know God, you got to get in the word. There's really no alternative, no shortcuts. There's no other way. you got to get in the Word. God has revealed Himself in His Word. He has revealed His Son in His Word. His Word reveals His Son. The Son points us to the Word. The Word points us to the Son. you got to get in the Word. And we saw last Sunday, 95% of God's will for your life is right here. It's, it's, in your, it's in the Word. It's in your Bible. Black ink, white paper, right there it is. You have it. And many times, the other 95% that's not in the Word... Should I marry this person? Should I take this job? Should I move to this town? Should I do this or that? A lot of times, that other 5% that's not spelled out, God will speak to you about that in His Word. And as you read and study, as you handle accurately the Word of Truth, not, not silliness, but when you handle accurately the Word of Truth, systematic, good Bible reading, Bible study, God will speak to you through His Word. And God will speak to those decisions, issues, relationships. It doesn't say whether I should marry Susie or Sally, but you know what it says a lot about folks like Sally. Or am I, you know, it just, God will speak to those issues in His Word. Scripture. Next, the Holy Spirit. God will guide, He will reveal His will through the Holy Spirit. 
John 16, 13. When he, Jesus tells his disciples, When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of mine, and will disclose it to you. He's talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will, will reveal these things to you, disclose these things to you. Um, Romans 8 says that if we are led by the it says that we are led by the Spirit. If you're a child of God, you're led by the Spirit. In Galatians 5:25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God lives within you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. And the Spirit of God will lead you. He will guide you. He will, he will remind you of things. He will guide you into all truth. He will disclose the things of God to you. As you abide in God's Word, and God's Word abides in you, as you abide in Christ, as you walk in the Spirit, as you are filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God will supernaturally lead you. He will guide you in conversations. It's amazing. All of a sudden, you'll remember things you never remembered remembering. <laughs> he, he will guide you in a conversation. He'll give you the things to say at the right time at the right per, to the right person. He will guide you in decisions. He'll, he'll, he will guide you. He'll, he'll let you know this is the direction. Uh, no, this ain't the right direction. He will guide your decisions. He will help you in relationships. He'll, he'll, he'll just kind of guide you and inform those relationship matters. He will, he, he will also uh, give you discernment. You'll hear something, and, and you'll just know that ain't right. That's wrong. That's truth. That's error. That's right. That's wrong. This is true. That's false. He will give you discernment. The Holy Spirit of God will guide you. He will lead you. And then we have prayer. How does God reveal His will in my life? Having created that environment we've talked about, how does God do it? Through, through Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, and through prayer. Well, now we've just come full circle, haven't we? This is how we got here in the first place. We're praying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, here's the thing. God's will for you is not some super secret classified information He really doesn't want you to have. It's not some code that you have to decipher and figure out. It's not insider trading information that if you can just get a handle on it, then you'll never make a bad decision, nothing bad will ever happen to you. It's not like that at all. It's really pretty simple. When you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, when your life is all about His name, His kingdom, and His will, when, when you love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, when you abide in Christ and Christ abides in you and you abide in His Word and His Word abides in you, as you walk in the Spirit and, and, and not by sight, as you are filled with the Spirit, as you love God, worship God, serve God, God will progressively reveal and unfold His will in your life one day at a time. It's just what God will do. It's just how it's going to work out. We just saw Proverbs 3.6. He will make your paths straight. He shall direct your paths. He'll make your paths straight. In Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. Proverbs 16, 9, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So, uh, Philippians 2, 13, God is at work in you both to will and do his good pleasure. God is at work in you, both to will and do good, His good pleasure. So God, as you do all these things, as you have this environment, when this is the tone and tenor, the focus, the passion of your life, God's going to take care of it. And His will will progressively be unfolded in your life. Now, I've got to tell you this, though. It's going to be one day at a time. Now, maybe you're different. 
Maybe you're special. And maybe you could ask God, God, give me some highlights. Give me a five-year itinerary. And maybe God will give that to you. But He's not ever, not once, given me that. Not once. For me, it's always this. Jeff, you got today. (laughs) Just today. Son, today. You do what you're supposed to be doing today. You just do today. Obey me today. Walk with me today. Love me today. Serve me today. Worship me today. Trust me today. We'll get to tomorrow. Tomorrow. But today. Now, I've asked him a hundred times, Lord, I don't need to know all the details, but could you just enlighten me? Where are we going with this? Where are we going to be in five years? What's this going to look like in five years? And and what are the highlights? I don't need to know everything, but could you just, and God says, no, today, son, just today, today. He will progressively unfold his will to you and for you a day at a time. It's just what's going to happen. Well, those are the main ways. Scripture, the Holy Spirit, and prayer. But now, for good measure, let me throw a couple of more things in here. God will use to manifest His will to you and in your life. Let me throw these in here with a couple of caveats. We've got to hurry. Circumstances. So here's letter D under, under that item. Circumstances. God will work through circumstances. Let me add to that human agency. Circumstances and human agency. Circumstances, by that I mean God will open doors and close doors. He will open up opportunities. He may take away opportunities. Circumstances. Human agency. That's that's people. God may bring certain people into your life at a certain time for for a certain purpose. Somebody you know, know somebody. And next thing you know, God is orchestrating this or that. and, And here we are. Because you know somebody who knows somebody. Or God has brought this person. Or God has... Here's a phone call, or God is orchestrated, God is open, God has provided circumstances. But now be careful, listen to me very carefully. Do not divorce circumstances and human agency from everything else we've talked about. It goes with everything we've talked about. If you're going to look for God's will just in circumstances and human agency, apart from everything else we've been saying, that's how lost people think. You'll, you'll look at life like a lost person does. And next thing you know, it must be God's will. It just makes so much sense to me. You know, it just, you know, oh, look at this great job opportunity. I'm going to be making so much money. And, and it's just, it's God's will for me. It, it may not be God's will for you. I mean, you don't know. You just can't divorce it. You need to take it all in concert. But with everything else in place, God may give you an opportunity or close an opportunity. He may work in a circumstance or bring the right person at the right time to do whatever in your life. Who knows? While we're talking about circumstances, let me, let me put this out there. Have you ever heard of putting out the fleece? Have you ever heard of that? I'm just going to put out the fleece. I'm going to discern God's will. I'm going to put out the fleece. That comes from Judges 6 and 7. There's a fellow there named Gideon. God, God called Gideon. Here's God's individual will. God called Gideon to a specific mission. He knew God's will. God explained it to him through an angel. Son, here's what you're going to do. Boom, boom, boom. So Gideon knows God's will. It's been explained to him by an angel. It doesn't get any clearer than that. Here's what you're going to do. Gideon didn't need information, but he needed reassurance. He he had more fear than faith. So he knew what God wanted. He just didn't didn't like what God wanted, and he was scared to death. And so he comes to the Lord in, in Judges 6, and he comes to the Lord, and he says, God... If this is your will, he knows it's God's will. An angel told him. 
But, God, if this is your will, give me a sign. I'm going to put out some fleece here on a threshing floor. A threshing floor is hard ground on an exposed hilltop. So it may be rock or just hard ground, but it's where they go thresh wheat. So hard, exposed ground on a hilltop. All right, Lord, I need a sign. I'm going to put out this fleece here, you know, some wool fleece. And in the morning, if this is your will, he already knows it's God's will. God already told him specifically in no uncertain terms. If this is your will, then let the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. So he wakes up the next morning. Sure enough, guess what? The ground is dry. The threshing floor is dry. And the fleece is sopping wet. It must be God's will. Well, God, he already knows it's God's will. It must be God's will. And then it kind of hits him. Oh, that was dumb. Of course, in the morning, the fleece is going to be wet when everything else is dry. You know, it's going to be the last thing to dry. All right, Lord, let's do this again. If this is your will, he already knows it's God's will. If this is your will, Lord, in the morning, let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet. Because that would be weird. That's not normal. So let the ground be dry. Uh, let the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. That would be weird. That would be a sign from God. And God graciously condescended and gave him that sign the next morning guess what the fleece was dry the ground was wet and next thing you know he knows what he already knew this is the will of god he already knew that he just needed reassurance watch this though the very next thing god required even more faith you you thought it was going to be hard now it just got harder <laughs> gideon tested god god's going to test gideon and so now he required even more faith in the very next step. God doesn't promise if you want to put out fleece in your life. Okay, luck with that. God doesn't promise. He might condescend. He might graciously give you the reassurances that you need. But you know what the Bible says four times? The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And when you know God's will, you don't need to ask Him God's will. You just, you just need to do it and, and trust the Lord and obey. So be careful about putting out the fleece, whatever that looks like. So be careful. God doesn't have to do that. He doesn't promise He's going to play those games. He might, but He doesn't promise. But if He does, He might just actually require more faith before it's over. Circumstances, human, human agency. or human, um, yeah, human agency. And lastly, I need to stop. Godly counsel. God may guide or confirm what you already know to be God's will through godly counsel. Um, Proverbs 12, 15, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, wise in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to counsel. Then the very next chapter, Proverbs 13, 10, Wisdom is with those who receive counsel. Wisdom is with those who receive people who will listen. Now, the key word there is godly counsel. Godly counsel. Here's the definition of godly counsel. Somebody who knows God and loves God. They know God's Word and love God's Word. And they know you and love you. That's somebody who's in a position to give you godly counsel. They know God and love God. They know His Word. They love His Word. And they know you and they love you. That means they want what's best for you. And that's somebody who can give you godly counsel. But now even be careful here. If you go around and get godly counsel from 25 people, you're going to be more confused than ever. <laughs> it's going to be even more mud and water.
but be choosy. But from a, a handful of people, you might seek out godly counsel. And God may confirm through godly counsel what He's already shown you in Scripture, what He's already leading you through the Spirit, what He has already spoken to you in prayer, what He's already kind of orchestrated in circumstances. And as He has provided in, in human agency, God may then just confirm it one more time with, with godly counsel. You know what? That's what I thought too. That seals it. And so, so here we go. A man named Bobby Richardson was a New York Yankee second baseman, and at a meeting of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, he prayed this prayer. I put it on your bulletin. I like this. He prayed this. You know, they called on him, hey, Bobby, would you pray for us? I'll pray. Dear God, your will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. Now, that's the guy you want to call on for prayer, isn't it? <laughs> that's short, brief, and to the point. Dear God, your will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. Or you could put it this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you. We stand amazed to consider that the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the Almighty, that you would, that you would know me, care about me, and then, Lord, have plans for me. That you would care about my life, that you would have plans for my life, that you would have an individual will about who I marry, where I work, what I do, where I go, who I know. Lord, that's mind-boggling. And it just makes me love you and worship you even more. Lord, our prayer, I pray, our prayer would be, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will be done, Thy will be done. And Lord, I pray that the attitude of our hearts and our lives would be, Lord, I want to be in the middle of Your will, where You want me, doing what You want me to do, how You want me to do it. Direct my paths. Make my paths straight. For the one who's never been saved, help them to hear and to know they need Jesus. They need to be saved. And Lord, bring them to the cross even today, right now. Bring them to the cross that they might know You and live for you, and to love you. Take charge of this time of decision. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.